Hello. Welcome to Earth Matters. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. Today's story, Farmers Fight New Coal Mines to Protect the Great Artesian Basin, was produced for Radio 3CR, which is in Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and brought to you nationally by the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Annette and Bruce Curry are a farming couple in outback Queensland who found that their farm water was threatened by coal mines. They took two new coal mines and their companies to court. They won one case and lost the other. Now the mines seem nearly dead in the water due to opposition from traditional owners, the Wangang and Jangalingu people, and from environmentalists and lack of finance. But the issue still hangs over the farm like a Damocles sword. The Alpha, Alpha North and Clive Palmer's Kevin's Corner mine could start if conditions become favourable financially and politically. If the Adani mine, for example, started, it could assist by building the rail line and helping with a port expansion at Abbott Point that all the new coal mines in Queensland would need. Here's Annette Curry talking about her family's deep connection to their farm speculation. She was talking at the Beyond Coal and Gas Jamboree in early June 2018. Maybe I should start off with something along the lines of in a land far, far away on the top of the Great Dividing Range in Queensland, there lived a farmer and his wife. (laughs) Or maybe once upon a time. But then this really hasn't been a fairy tale and we haven't had a happy ending yet. So I decided maybe I should make it a bit more of a thriller. Beware, the aliens are coming and they're going to destroy your land. But then I realised that no matter how I decided dramatically or romantically to tell our story, our story was always only ever going to be our story. So allow me this time to tell you a little bit about speculation, how life has been and is for us living there. So speculation is situated on top of the Great Dividing Range in the Desert Uplands bioregion just north of the Tropic of Capricorn in central western Queensland. We are literally on the top of the east-west watershed of the Great Dividing Range, which means that any one drop of rain that falls on a fence or a tree or a branch can split and somehow flow to the east into the Great Barrier Reef or to the west into Lake Eyre. We have a diverse range of animals, native trees, plants over speculation and some pretty amazing escarpment ranges as well. And our business is we run a beef breeding cattle operation. So speculation, affectionately known to our family as Speck. Well, I've always said to Bruce that I find Speck to be a very therapeutic place to be, even spiritual. There are some places that I go while we're mustering cattle And it's quiet and I'm surrounded by the rangers and I'm just following a mob of cows and calves along and I think Bruce always says, this is just another day in paradise where every day is a holiday. (laughs) Now I agree with the paradise but not always the holiday thing. (laughs) Or at the end of a long day when we sit out in the yard doing the daily debrief while we watch the wonders of Mother Nature as the sun goes down in the west or we witness a full moon rising in the east coming up over the range in the trees. Or we sit and as daylight fades into an inky black sky before the stars come out. And so it was. Speculation means to our family that on the May Day long weekend we had our all bar one of our children home and our son chose that setting to propose to his 
now fiance because she said yes, <laughs> under Mother Nature's magical fairy lights. And the stars on that night were pretty incredible. Life at speculation can sometimes take a bit of beating. And so it was that this is how we lived until that fateful day in February 2013 came around. There had been some talk in the area that coal mining companies of getting in and opening up the Galilee Basin to the north of Alpha, and initially Bruce and I didn't think we'd be affected by them. However, after a couple of conversations with the other graziers who were in the near vicinity of the proposed mines, we started to do a bit more research and found that there was a distinct possibility that our groundwater could not only be impacted but fully destroyed by the mining. At this stage, can I tell you, both Bruce's and my life would take a completely unexpected turn and not in a direction that either one of us had ever imagined. Here began a whole new world in which we were forced to live because government departments and the land court set timelines and deadlines and it does not matter whether you have waters to pump for your stock, cattle to muster to truck away to maximise marketing opportunities, you have to move stock to a fresh paddock so that we could continue to manage our patch of the environment sustainably. There's fences to be fixed after a couple of bulls decided to assert their authority on another bull's paddock. Or whether you were just plain exhausted and wanted to take half an hour to spend some time with your husband. So with only a few days left for submissions of objection to be lodged in the court, those days were just the start of some ridiculously long days and nights that Bruce would spend sitting at the computer researching, reading, writing notes, making phone calls for assistance of matters of legality, geological terms, hydrogeological terms, which was all stuff that we had not much knowledge of at all, but it was knowledge that we had to acquire and very quickly if we were going to have any chance of protecting the integrity of our groundwater, our business, and more importantly, the integrity of the Galilee Basin and that too, ultimately, of the Great Artesian Basin from the impacts of mining opening up in the Galilee. As prior to our objection being lodged in the land court, we hadn't had any contact from any of the mining companies regarding a make-good agreement because they, when we eventually did speak to them, they said, it's unlikely we'd be affected, we probably won't, and we shouldn't. I'm fairly sure that if you walked into a car yard and the man was going to sell you a brand new car that shouldn't break down, probably wouldn't have any trouble with it, and it's unlikely that it's going to break down, not sure you'd spend your money. So we initially made contact with the mining company about a make-good agreement, and rightly or wrongly, we just assumed that it wouldn't take much to negotiate a make-good agreement and get things sorted, you know, done and dusted. Well, can I tell you, we have never been more wrong about anything in our lives. I won't go into all the technicalities and details of the fight we've had to endure over the past four years, except to say that Bruce has self-represented our business in land court on two occasions. However, I do need to mention the innumerable hours and hours and hours that Bruce has spent in the house dealing with court timelines, reading hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of environmental impact statements and all of the other documentation. Throughout all of this, to his credit, Bruce is an eternal optimist and he's always encouraged me this way, has focused on the personal development he's gotten from the whole experience. But along the way, he's gone to bed at times that I don't know because I've already been in and asleep when he's gotten in. 
Then he'll get out of bed again 20 minutes later so that he can write down something so that he doesn't forget it just long enough to get that stuff out of his head so he can sleep for a few more hours only to rise and do the whole thing again the next day and the next week and the next month. Can I tell you, if it wasn't for his amazing ability to see and focus on the positives, I'm not sure that I would have coped well at all. The past four years have been a hard slog, both physically and emotionally for me. I've always worked side by side with Bruce and the kids in our business, doing the mustering, cattle yard work, fencing, checking waters and other general jobs that all properties have to be done all the while keeping the household jobs and business bookwork up to date because, heaven forbid, taxation department doesn't like you to pay your taxes late. And that was just another timeline. I also work in town two days a week. But with Bruce having to spend so much time in the house dealing with the mining companies and land court stuff, my work commitment ramped up to a whole other level. I can honestly say that there have been times in the past four years that I really didn't know if I could keep going. I've been physically and mentally drained. Our five kids, who are all adults now, are five of the most wonderful young Australians we could have hoped to have in our life during all this time. And they too are extremely concerned about what Australia will look like into the future. They have played a huge role in keeping both Bruce and I going. They've read, given feedback, edited, reread documents that were needed to meet timelines at some pretty irregular hours. They have also foregone personal holidays to return home whenever possible to help us out with the property work and have always supported and encouraged their parents. And for this, we are eternally grateful. Also, we've had many opportunities to meet and interact with some wonderful people who have been amazingly generous with their time and happy to help and assist us all of whom we may very well never have had the chance to meet. So for that, we are also eternally grateful. That was Annette Curry, the grazier who has, with her husband Bruce, taken two coal companies to court in an effort to protect their farm water supply. You're with Earth Matters. I'm Beck Horridge. Let's go to a beautiful lament. Kathy O'Sullivan with Song of Artesian Water. Lyrics by Banjo Patterson. Now the stock have started dying, for the Lord is sent to drought. But we're sick of praise and providence, we're going to do without. With the derricks up above us and the solid earth below, we are waiting at the lever for the words to let her go. Sinking down, deeper down, oh, we're going deeper down. As the drill is plugging down at a thousand feet of level, if the Lord won't give us water, then we'll get it from the devil. Yes, we'll get it from the devil, deeper down. Now our engine's made in Glasgow by a very canny spot And he's marked at twenty horses, but he don't know what is what When Canadian Bill is firing with the sun-dried widgee logs She can equal thirty horses and a score or so of dogs Sinking down, deeper down, oh we're going deeper down If we fail to find the water, then it's a ruin to the squatter for the drought is on the station and the weather's growing hotter. 
Kathy O'Sullivan with her Song of Artesian Water from her Down in the Green Bushes album released in 2015. Now we'll catch up with Bruce Curry, husband to Annette. He's been living a life fighting coal mines in the courts. I'm Bruce Curry, and I live on a property called Speculation, 75 kilometres north of the township of Jericho in central west Queensland. We're extensive beef cattle producers, and um, we've got a vision for regenerative farming, and that's how we operate our property. And I'm Annette Curry. I'm Bruce's wife, and we're in this together. We're in for the long haul. We aim to prevent Adani because we believe he's the linchpin to opening up mining in the Galilee Basin. Hancock GVK applied for their mining lease and environmental authority back in 2013. We did some research and found that that mine could potentially impact on our groundwater supply. So we approached the mining company because they hadn't approached us about some make good agreement conditions that would protect their groundwater supplies. And when they failed to do that, we were obliged then to take them to the land court, tried to resolve the issue with various make-good agreements, but uh, none of the make-good agreements they offered us were going to offer us any protection. And uh, so we eventually had to go to, to court. The court lasted a number of weeks and the member brought down his recommendation that he felt that the mine's impact, and this is Alpha coal mine, bear in mind, would have such uh, impact on our groundwater supplies and surrounding landowners that the mine should not, his first recommendation that the mine should not go ahead. And we were extremely grateful for the wisdom that um, Member Smith applied because he applied the precautionary principle. But then Hancock GVK went on to then apply for a mining lease for their next mine, which is Kevin's Corner, which is on our the eastern boundary of our property. And um, we had to go back to court again because we still had no make good agreement for Alpha, let alone Kevin's Corner. And the member, Member Cochran, brought down his recommendation that the uh, mine could be permitted to go ahead, but there's a massive amount of uncertainty surrounding its impacts on groundwater, which, in respect to the, the member, I found very hard to understand how he could bring a finding down like that when, if he applied the precautionary principle... I can't see how he could have brought such a recommendation down. 
because the precautionary principle basically is if there's going to be an impact from a project on groundwater supplies that can't be fully quantified and uh, with certainty how that impact is going to affect the groundwater supplies that the as they say, the precautionary principle should be applied. The project should not be allowed to go ahead. Anyway, and then along comes Mr. Adani, wanting his mind to go ahead. And um, we're very heavily involved in that because if we can uh, stop his project and also stop the ridiculous funding of his rail line, we hope that'll save the Galilee Basin. I think what people have got to realise is the Galilee Basin is a big part of the feed into the Great Artesian Basin, which is a you know, iconic national asset. It's the greatest aquifer that I know of in the world, and to destroy that basin is just inconceivable. And one thing in all the land court cases, that, and we self-represented ourselves in that because we couldn't afford to pay for legal representation, is that... The impacts that the mines will have on groundwater, once they occur, they're there for perpetuity. There's no nothing future generations will be able to do to get that water back and re-establish the supplies and the pressures that have been destroyed by those mines. Because what the mines do, they, uh, they're underground mines, they go in under the aquifers in a long wall extraction process, and as they collapse the roofs, the roof above the, the mine, it fractures the aquifers above it, which causes total destruction of water supplies. And worse than that, it could be that it releases contaminants into the water. So if you are getting water, you have got no certainty that it's not toxic and what it's doing to your health. So it's, it's a very concerning area that we're trying to take the fight up to and prohibit those mines destroying a vital thing like water. Because without water, there's no supplies. There's nothing for regional towns that destroys the businesses, the families, and everything out there. There's just nothing. It'll turn into an industrial wasteland. You want to consider that the, especially the Kevin's Corner mine, but also the Alpha mine, is some, on some of the best, most sustainably productive beef cattle operations in the central west of Queensland. Yeah, it's just going to be a, a crying shame and just sacrilege if, if that country gets destroyed. So what are your avenues for action now to save your land and the water supply? Well, we're accepting support from anywhere, any community uh, advocacy group and anywhere across Australia that wants to get behind us. And we're extremely grateful. We're uh, keeping in touch with the agricultural advocacy group AgForce and um, hoping that them and the National Farmers Federation will pressure the, the government to bring down some concrete policies on the importance of sustainable agriculture and the importance of agriculture to the national economy, the importance of agriculture for sustainable employment and realistic and genuine employment. So we're just putting our message out there. We're interacting with the media. Anyone that wants to support us, we're grateful. We embrace you with open arms and uh, we're not turning anyone back because I think what Australia's got to realise that for example, what's happened with the contaminants that are getting into aquifers from the firefighting fluid has happened at these Air Force bases like Catherine, let's take them, Catherine, Townsville, Bundaberg, Oakey, Williamstown, and those people are now living in the fear that every time they pour a glass of water, 
They don't know how safe it is to drink, how good it is for their health. Every time they have a shower, when they have a shower, where they bath their children in the shower, what are they doing to themselves? What are they doing to their bodies? They've got no idea. The government is not coming out to fix up the problem. And the th same thing is going to happen with coal seam gas, with mining. If Whenever the fracking fails, it's not a matter of if, if it'll fail, it's just when it'll fail. The contamination it's going to put in people's water supplies is irreversible. That government has got no solution for decontaminating aquifers. So it's an issue that I think every Australian should mobilise themselves, not only for their current welfare and health, but also that of the future generations. That was Central Queensland grazier Bruce Curry. You might have heard that the Sea Shepherd ship, the Steve Irwin, is cruising up the Queensland coast to highlight the threat to the Barrier Reef if Australia continues to open new coal mines. The crew of the Sea Shepherd was welcomed by Central Queensland 350.org in Yupoon on August the 4th. I caught up with one of the speakers, Michael Kane, from Farmers for Climate Action at the event. My name's Michael Kane. I'm the Queensland Coordinator for Farmers for Climate Action. Farmers for Climate Action are a relatively new organisation, but in the 36 months that we've been operating, uh, we already have nearly 30,000 supporters and at least 3,000 of them are farmers, which is a, quite a sizeable portion of the uh, Australian farming community. So at the moment, I'm based up here in Yapoon uh, and I work with central Queensland graziers, people like Bruce and Annette and uh, many other graziers that are out in the Galilee Basin and central Queensland that goes far north as Charters Towers. I go down to Longreach and the Southern Downs working with lots of farmers and we, you know, we're doing what we can to support farmers who are trying to get some action on climate change and also often we are having to support farmers that are directly affected by extractive industries uh, like the Adani mine and the eight mega mines in the Galilee Basin. We've heard from Bruce and Annette a lot of farmers are losing out against these coal mines. What more can be done? What political solutions are there? It is absolutely a political solution. Uh, so, you know, Joe Bloggs from uh, Rockhampton cannot do a lot for Bruce. Bruce has fought this through the courts and the apparatus of government and the mining industry are absolutely against him. The make good agreements that they want Bruce to sign almost unenforceable. The impacts are very hard to prove and we've seen in the land court the Ackland coal mine and the Darling Downs actually won a 100 day court case in the land court. It went to the Supreme Court and got knocked back and none of us really understand why. The Ackland coal mine uh, issue now looks like it's going to go to the High Court in Canberra. So you know that is what farmers are up against. If they want to protect their water basically go to the High Court and uh, so they've asked to sign these make good agreements if there is an actual impact on their mines from the depletion of their groundwater which they absolutely depend on they then have to prove that the mine was the reason for that and uh, the mine will say no it was the drought or they will say you, you had ran too many cattle or so the onus is really on the landholder to prove that they have been impacted and people like Bruce are really in a tough place because they have to have a fortune to take it through the courts and and then if they do take it through the courts, they've got no guarantee that they win and they you know, often get costs awarded against them. So is Labor in bed with the Liberals and the National Party? Are all the parties the same on this, except, of course, the Greens who don't get much power? But the ones that do get power, the Liberals, Nationals and Labor, are they all the same? on this sort of issue? Yep, they're all failing uh, this issue. They're failing farmers on this issue, all of them, equally. 
and as I said before, this issue is absolutely political. So we need the LNP, we need the Nationals, we need the ALP to step up on this because what they're planning in the in places like the Galilee Basin is basically a, is a climate bomb. On one hand, they're they're talking about cutting carbon emissions and assisting farmers in drought and assisting farmers to uh, repressurise the Great Artesian Basin through the bore capping program, spending hundreds and bil- millions and billions of dollars on these programs to alleviate climate and be more water efficient and at the same time they want to build mega mines in the Galilee Basin that will wipe out all of those gains in a decade. So it's critical that political parties of all persuasions take this deadly seriously and act accordingly and act quickly. What can farmers for climate action do? How can they help farmers? Often what happens is that farmers are very quite isolated. So, you know, obviously just but the nature of the work. So they're out there, sometimes they're on a half a million acres and their nearest neighbour may be 30 to 40 kilometres away if they're lucky. What we are doing is creating a community of farmers who are like-minded, who are concerned about climate change, concerned about the impacts of extractive industries on groundwater and climate, and we're getting them together and we're helping give them a voice. And, uh, And they're speaking and they're speaking loudly and it's going really well. Farmers for Climate Action's reception in rural Australia has been amazing. Doors are opening for us everywhere we go. We're very welcomed and often they say, where have you been? And uh, they're very thankful that we, when we turn up, they're very thankful. And of course, we, we don't, uh, we're not running the show. It's the farmers that are speaking in public for us uh, and we're supporting them, them in that. We're giving them the, the resources and the training and the contacts that they need to get their issues heard. So you can get in contact with uh, Farmers for Climate Action in a number of ways. Our website's a good uh, start. You can join uh, and get onto our, our contact list or our supporter list and that's at farmersforclimateaction.org.au and also our Facebook page is very active. Lots of interesting stuff on that including live streams of town hall meetings that we hold in regional Queensland. Michael Kane, thanks very much for talking to Earth Matters. If you want to see the link to Farmers for Climate Action, maps and other information and references about this mines, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters and you'll see our podcasts and this latest one about farmers fighting coal to save their farm water. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced for Radio 3CR in Melbourne in Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. Let's roll to the end of Earth Matters with the rest of Cathy O'Sullivan's song of artesian water. Treasures deeper down. So it's clear away the timber and it's let the water run. How it glimmers in the shadow, how it flashes in the sun. By the silent belts of timber, across the miles of blazing flame, it is bringing hope and comfort to a thirsty land again. And it's down deeper down, oh, it comes from deeper down. 
To the tortured, thirsty cattle, bringing gladness in its going. Through the droughty days of summer, it is flowing, ever flowing. It is flowing, ever flowing, deeper down.